0: Hello and welcome to Salopcast, episode twenty seven for this season with myself Glenn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. How are you, my friend?
1: Hey Glenn, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you.
0: Good, good. And for the first time in a few weeks, Ollie, we are joined by a guest. So we've got uh, Mike Davis, a regular on the podcast now. So welcome back to my front room, Mike. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's good, it's good to have you back on. Uh, it's it's been nice to have a guest now again, Ollie, isn't it? Because you've yeah. obviously gone quite a long run without one, but it's because we've just been having, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday or sometimes Wednesday, Saturday, when depending on FA Cup games and stuff. But yeah, we've had so many games coming recently, it's been quite congested, we've had a lot of long podcasts. So one game this week, which was a big, massive game against Wolverhampton Wanderers, so it's nice to have a little bit more of a, of a space to breathe and another voice on it, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, thanks for Mike joining. And yeah, obviously Mike can help us as well with a, a few off the field things, being a, being a member of the Sports Parliament, so that's fantastic.
0: Before we go into any in details, a lot of things going on at the moment, it's not, you, know, you obviously had your flags on Saturday, which you helped organise with the Sports Parliament, Supporters Bar coming forward, you know, busy time, you, you often tell me you should have a second job at the football club Mike
2: uh, it feels like I do sometimes. To be <laughs> fair, I think I'm, I end up there more than I do at uh, at work. Really, um, no. As as always, to be honest, loads of stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Especially with the supporters' bar, obviously with the Wolves game. There's there's been loads of stuff floating around in the media and 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 you know with ticketing and bits and pieces that that we've been been called in on and um, yeah. So it's been yeah. uh, it's been been a busy. a yeah, busy, no, busy time.
0: And we should really move on to the game, Ollie. I mean just just your, just your first thing. You know, I don't think anyone who's a Sheafby Town fan is going to feel much more than pride but also a massive sense of feeling a bit gutted at the end of that yesterday so um yeah i don't think i don't think you can disagree with those two feelings as, as a starting point can you ollie
1: no no it was definitely a, an entertaining game yeah. and a fun game and a fun day and that's what the think it was all about isn't it
0: it is it is and so with that we'll, we'll crack on with talking about the game and the final whistle is blown what a day for kevin ratcliffe
1: so, um it's the fourth round of the FA Cup, Shoesby at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers, as we know. It was two all. Um, so, Doc, Greg Doherty scored for Shrewsbury um, in the second half. All goals come in the second yeah. half. Then Waterfall scored for us. And then Jimenez scored for Wolves. And Matt Doherty, so we're going to get confused with Doherty's <laughs> this week, um, scored an extra time for Wolves, and which meant we got to go to a replay. So, obviously, that's the final result. Um, in terms of team, and we all, well, those who follow, um, like, you know, watch Premier League football will know that Wolves play um, 3 4 3. So, it wasn't too surprising that they, they played in that kind of formation, though they did have two strikers rather than their attacking three Shrewsbury Town played wing backs again as it's been our formation for the last few weeks yeah. with three at the back um, I'd say it was slightly different midfield I, I thought that Grant Norburn and Doherty were almost level and it, they took it in turns to roam forward um, and Laurent played kind of at front supporting Faye but he kind of drifted where he was required so um, team selection that you guys expected
0: yeah, for me, I think playing with the wing backs really was is all we can do at the moment. It seems to fall in our lap really after what happened at Stoke in that second half, and it it seems to be doing all right. I mean, we weren't we weren't particularly attacking minded at Blackpool like we talked about last week, Ollie, but looked assured at the back. So it's kind of. You know, stopped us leaking goals. Uh, I suppose as a take away letting two in against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Obviously, we're a quality team, but I thought, yeah, the midfield was a bit interesting, Mike. It was a little bit more fluid, maybe. You know, there was times where Grant maybe was bombing on a bit more than we've seen recently. That was maybe the biggest difference in the setup for me and from recent weeks.
2: I think the the big the big story obviously in the week was Davy Edwards not mm. being involved. Um, I think with him, you know, being out of the equation, it was it was the team that everybody expected. But yeah, it was it was a yeah it was a different midfield yesterday. Um, like you say, Grant, they all seem to have a, a bit more of a free role. Yeah. Um, you know, the other lads were then, you know, sticking back and, and and holding that sort of defensive midfield position. So, obviously, something that they've worked on, um, and hopefully, we'll get better and better.
0: Yeah, so it gives with the midfield being like that, Ollie. You know, and it was quite ballsy of Ricketts to do that sort of thing against Walls, where maybe being a bit more rigid would have been the thing to do against a good Premiership team. But actually, no, you know, fair play to him, it was a tactic that gave us the ability to defend strongly, but also look a bit more fluid on the break.
1: Yeah, and it's something I was chatting to Bex about the game, and she's um, she was saying, well, but well, you know, how did the players perform? And, and one of the things that Becky had thought that was, you know, because there was nothing to lose, you know, let's be honest, we, we expected the bookies expected us to lose. Shoot your tank tanka play with that kind of freedom mm. and that kind of game seems to bring out the best in our team.
0: I mean, we should just talk about pre match, really. I mean, it's, um, you know, it was a big FA Cup game, and I mean, I, I walked up from from, from my area, so, uh, top about top half of Bellevue, and came up through through a bunch of Wolves fans, and I have to say, you know, I, I all, I'm going to counterbalance this with the Wolves fans about after the game, um, but the Wolves fans beforehand when we walked up couldn't have been more disparate and vile and disgusting their behaviour at talk the way they were talking on the way up to the ground. And I had them a little, my kids with me. I took both, the, both them both from the football and they were saying SHI, you know, this is SHIT hole and C-word all the time. And my poor little kids were just stuck in the middle of We sort of had to stop and let them walk past. It was obviously the guys who just left the pub, but that was the negative of some of the Wolves fans we saw going in. But on the way out, I bumped into Wolves fan, he was as nice as pie he was having a chat to me on the way home. So it, we'll probably talk about Wolves and Shrewsbury fans because of what happened during the game, but I think it's probably worth my recollection that obviously all football clubs have their idiots and all football. Clubs have their good fans, but um, yeah, that was my most interesting thing on the way in there. Obviously, other than getting in a queue to go into shooter Game, which is quite rare. Mike, (laughs) yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, Um, yeah. I think for me, I don't know. It's always that sort of feeling when you wake up in the morning. You know, you had that feeling that it was it was a big game day. (laughs) Yeah, um, definitely. You know, and it's sort of been building through the week and you know even though we've not been playing particularly well and Wolves have obviously been doing really well in the mm. Premier League you I don't know just had that feeling that you know we we could actually go and you know against Stoke I thought we were just going to get stuff to be honest um but yesterday there was just that feeling that you know we might go and get something so um as for as for the fans um to be honest no issues really I, I was in safe standing yesterday there mm. wasn't a Wolves fan in sight so no. um you know, didn't really have any issues with, with fans until after the game, really.
0: No, there were some in the home end, though, to be fair. There were some, I think there was a, a guy that was sort of spotted in block eighteen, nineteen 19 at one point, Ollie, and there was quite a lot of histrionics to the left of where mm. we were. But um, I suspect most Wolves fans that were there, um, that were in the home end, and I know there were them, sat on their hands and didn't say anything. There was a guy sitting next to my brother, um, just a few rows in front of Ollie, that had never been there before. Looked like he was, you know, not a Town fan. I had a massive tattoo that looked like it was a Wolves tattoo on his neck, but he just sat there with a cup of coffee the whole game, just drinking it slowly. So I, I suspect that a lot of people just went in there and chanced it and didn't say anything. So there we go. You, know, you might do, you might do something similar if we had a massive game away at a non-league club and you desperately wanted to go. So
1: yeah, I've been in the way end once. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been in the way end at Crew. And when we'd, we'd sold out, and I went with actually a crew friend. So if you go, and I I'd obviously don't, you know, it's, it's a shame if Shooter Town's missed out, but if you do go in the year end, like you, there's some rules and decorum you have to keep to yourself, um, yeah. Yeah. which which obviously some people will do. So yeah, I know it's, it's wound a few Shooter Town fans up, but anyhow, that's, that is life.
0: It is. So yeah, it was, and as Mike said, the, the atmosphere pre match was, was cracking. Obviously, we could talk briefly about what you, what you did do with the flags, really, Mike, which was through the sports and trying to generate the atmosphere. And I, I guess trying to, um, promote the safe standing area a little bit more to the national press that were there to show it how fantastic it's been for our football club and for me looking across to where you were standing, it looked really good before the start of the game with everyone waving the flags.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, it 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 sort of it's it sort of came on the Wolves game as a bit of a, a, a bit of an accident really. It's something we've been talking about for a, for about a month now about um, the lads uh, in the stand at the front of the. Uh, Safe standing and mentioned about getting more flags in there, and it's something we had we'd sort of discussed with Brian. Mm. Um, Brian had sort of gone away and and done a bit of homework on it, got us, got some prices, and and then um, you know between us we've we've sort of sorted it out and and been able to to get them in. I mean originally it was supposed to be you know fifteen flags, and in the end we've ended up with I think fifteen of the the, the cloth flags, and I think two hundred of the, <laughs> the blue and uh, I'll say amber, but they were gold, but. Um, <laughs> Blue, blue and amber flags in it, so yeah, it was. You know, it just sort of fell right for us, really, that it, it happened on the Wolves game, and um, it obviously looked really good.
0: And it's Ollie. I noticed. I mean, I've been reading a few things post match as well a lot of things are talking about the game and how well we play. But I have seen a few bits in national press and also you know TV as well talking about the, the safe standing and how it had been sort of something that had been notable during the game for maybe some of the press that hadn't been there before.
1: Yeah, obviously where they sit, isn't it? We yeah. were kind of stuck in between the kind of 19 noise and safe standing noise, aren't we? But mm-hmm. the atmosphere on Saturday was good. So Cracking. it was positive. And, yeah, I was really looking forward to the game. You had that big feel and me and you had both been approached at McGlynn by um, um, Wolves fans' own media. So it was that kind of like big feel thing coming up the week before and lots of articles and it's quite nice isn't it, when we get the national press come along because we get a few more interviews and stuff it's obviously Lewis does a great job but just on his own it's great to see other things, and I know your approach, were you, Glenn? You were a bit cheeky, and um, to someone saying that you mentioned that Granderson is you know, out of injured
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's a guy that works for The Guardian, I think it's somebody Searle, and I think he's a, he's a Telford lad from speaking to him on Twitter. But he was saying, you know, he was doing a preview for the game and he was asking for uh, what the latest injury updates were, and obviously asking Blue and Hammer fanzine as someone knowledgeable. So I said, uh, I said, John Lewis is out with a cruciate ligament injury, Sean Wally won't make the game, and I think Jermaine Granderson is still carrying a hip injury. <laughs> and he sent me a message back saying, no, 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 I've rumbled you there. Yeah, so if I could Perfect try and get one. if I could try and get Jermaine Grandis's name in the national press still, that's still one of my main aims, Ollie. So that's funny, <laughs> cool.
1: So yeah, should we turn to the action. Yeah,
0: it was it was action packed, wasn't it? A good start.
1: Yeah, it was. It was the first half was obviously less had less action points as the second, mm-hmm. um, but you know when we play these big games, sometimes you're unsure how it's going to start. Um, but Shrewsbury Town started okay. I wouldn't say there was a chance very very early on um, where Wolves got in, but. Um, after that and a couple of other chances, you know, I thought she was just started really well, and you know, we settled ourselves into the game quite well, and we were trying to pass the ball, and there didn't seem to be any nerves um, from the lads.
0: No, that's, that's fair, isn't it, Mike? I think the start was was solid, wasn't it? You expected us to sort of set up, and not let them, you know, try and break us down too much, and other than that one chance, they they did settle into the game well, didn't they?
2: Yeah, first half very very even throughout, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it struck me that Wolves were sort of just trying to eye us up. I don't know whether they. How much homework they've done on us, whether they'd done their homework on when we were playing different formation, but we you know they they seemed to take some time to sort of sort of work out exactly how we were trying to play really, yeah. and uh, I think a lot of that made the difference with the, the the fluid midfield as well, but yeah, really, really, even first half,
1: but they certainly they must have done some prep because um, you could tell because they were putting Chiori on Sadler and playing the ball over the top, weren't they which just they tried to try quite a lot, but they didn't seem to be able to get the pass right.
0: No, and the finishing was whenever they did get a, like a half chance or anything. I mean, one of the th- consistent things until like the ninety seventh minute, consistently wrong with the Wolves team in that game was their finishing. They 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 were well off, and Troy looks a dangerous player running with the ball and pacey, but um, his finishing left a lot to be desired, didn't it, in that first half?
1: Yeah, it certainly did, and that was one of the chances in the first half, wasn't it? A bit later on in the half. Um, Doherty did some skills, um, got past several town players, but Turo blasted over. But just before that, Wolves <laughs> had was quite an interesting point of the game. Basically, um, yeah, they got to Wolves turned Sadler, Costa got into the box, and Walter Four comes sliding in. And at the time, I turned to my mate and said, That's a pen.
2: Yeah, I think everybody did. What about you? Blame pen. Yeah, it looked like a pen all day long. I'm watching
1: it back as well, blatant pen.
2: Blame pen. Um, (laughs) He he knocks the ball and Sadler just comes flying (laughs) in. uh, Sorry, Waterfall just comes flying in. um, Nowhere near the ball. The ball had gone and, and yeah, blatant, blatant, blatant pen. Um, Yeah.
0: The ref was funny though, wasn't he, during the game? Because, like... You know, I wouldn't say different from most refs we have because most refs kind of sometimes in our league are pretty noticeable. But like, you just wave that on. But then almost every other foul against Wolves outside the box, you know, was given as a free kick straight away. And I know we did commit quite a lot of fouls to be fair, and we'll talk about it in the second half. The the series of bookings that happened—they were probably both fair as well when you look at it. But yeah, he he certainly sort of—it didn't stop the flow of the game so much, but he definitely didn't like. Uh, let the game flow as much as I would have liked Oli, and don't know if you feel the same
1: yeah there was a lot of grappling um, yeah. the Wolves defenders were doing it a lot you um, seem to do it in favour of the defending teams but which was a bit frustrating but yeah I don't know whether it was he was on first name terms with the Wolves players um but it seemed yeah it seemed like there were there was a lot of soft fouls kind of going their way which was a bit frustrating
0: he's the referee that at the start of the season the premiership banned from refereeing because he was too unfit Ollie he failed all the oh, fitness gosh. tests so um but I believe he has got back to refereeing premiership games like later on this season but obviously he, his fitness wasn't where it needed to be earlier in the summer so hopefully that's why he never gave that penalty because he just can't quite keep up with play so maybe <laughs> maybe we got lucky there but um yeah, I mean, in general, the, pat- the I say the pattern of play in the first half, I say, there weren't that great amount of chances for a rival team, really, and certainly not too many for us. But I did think that we showed a bit more endeavour than we have done probably in more recent games, particularly at Blackpool that I went to, where our attacking was very blunt. I-, I do actually think, even though we were playing Wolves, we actually attacked better in that first half than we probably did for the entirety of the Blackpool game. I don't think you were at Blackpool, right, Mike. No, but I wasn't, no. We no. definitely looked we better than had
1: chances maybe- at Blackpool, though, didn't we? Yeah. We just used the finishing that let us down. But, I not don't know, big. maybe it's just, I guess... Um, you know, I think this was the thing Ricketts said. This was his third full week that he'd had with the mm. team training, so it's going to take a bit of time, isn't it? And for the and also having a couple of new players in the team, but it's going to take some time for them to um, to gel. And yeah, I think you know, a week on the training ground, we probably saw a bit more fluid, and the passing seemed a bit more, yeah, a bit crisper.
0: This is what I was going. To, that's what I was trying to say. Is that it? You know, we talked about and, and Michael heard this on the podcast. We talked about maybe Ricketts has been trying to go a little bit more long ball, and and it's been maybe a little bit of a character trait. But I, I thought when we tried to play more yesterday, and it was commendable to be doing that against a team like Wolves.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it, it's difficult, isn't it? I think like like Ollie said, Ricketts has only had what was it three weeks, mm. of a full three week training with the squad, so. It, it's you know he's he's a, he's been in a really difficult position because he's come in we obviously haven't had the results recently and and I think when teams are struggling they tend to then look for going long ball mm. um and that's maybe what we've we've started panicking and you know we've we've then sort of just gone long ball for for the sake of it um but it it did show well, it'll be interesting tuesday will be the 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 it'll show um you know, we play. if we play similar on Tuesday to how we played yesterday, we'll come away with three points mm. um, without a shadow of a doubt. And you can sort of then turn around and say he's starting to have an impact on the squad. But until we see that consistently, and I think that's been the big thing with this team this season is we're just not a consistent side.
0: Yeah. That's a fair point, Mike. I, I I think that's a fair point, and and we you know as much as we're going to talk about this game being exciting and, and the positives of it, and we're going to have a discussion later on about the positives of an FA Cup run, aren't we, Ollie? But you know we have got to put it in context of what's going on in the league as well, in in terms of. You know, these want this stoke result and this result don't make us a good team yet, still when we're not quite where we need to be. So yeah, I don't know. We should talk about it at the end, Ollie. But um yeah, interesting discussion.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think sorry, just kind of finishing off the first half, Docky had that great strike, didn't yes. he? Which kind of um was quite hard for the goalkeeper to control. Unfortunately no one was there to clean up and the defenders cleared it away. Yeah. Um but went went into half time I was pretty chuffed um with the um with with how we were performing um, and the fact it was 0-0 and we c- controlled it quite well you know i thought Sadler did a quite a professional job on Tiore who was has unbelievable pace um, <laughs> and i went in at half time pretty chuffed really. yeah, I think and, and entertained at the same time you know i was enjoying the match
0: it was it was good it was an enjoyable 0-0 and as i say we would have all took that at half time pre-match wouldn't we
2: yeah i mean it was quite funny i was talking to a wolves fan before the game and he said A ridiculously quick um but not a striker and I and I think that summed it up perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, throughout the game until he he went on the wing, he he, he will. You know, he'll hurt teams with his pace. Um, but he, well, the the Wolves fan comment was he's he's not the brightest footballer in the world. <laughs> um, and you know, and he he can he can kill players with pace, but then he. he he doesn't really know what to do. Um, yeah,
1: for me he's the Premier League Derek Asamoah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and Glim will remember this. Glim will remember this that, you know, I I'm not that fond on players that, you know, get into good areas but then fluff it up. Um for me he's that kind of, you know, that player that looks explosive, looks threatening, but then actually does F all. Uh, but uh Obviously in this game he did actually put a good crossing in the end. But um, yeah, quite a lot of the game, um, he was wasn't that effective going forward.
0: Yeah, there we go. Half time was, was good. To be fair, I went down and saw my kids. They were sitting in the front I and mean, my wife. I didn't move my season ticket seat and sit next to them, which seems like a particularly cruel thing to do as a dad. But they were really enjoying the game. And um, to be yeah. fair, they were probably chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> they probably they've had a they've had a result there. So um, yeah, I had a, had a chat with them and then came back at the seat ready to. You know, at that point, you were thinking, "Come on, we will hold on it." We've, you know, we've had we've had the had sort of even kind of game. We have maybe shaded it a little bit, but at that point, at half time, I was still thinking, "A draw's on here." You know, we could get a replay. I wasn't expecting us to do what we did early on in that first half, but you were you were looking forward to us being strong, solid at the back, and trying to see see it through to the draw, Ronnie.
1: Yeah, definitely, and you know, I was. I, yeah, and then obviously it was only a couple of minutes into the very, yeah. um, the second half that we scored, and I thought it was justified in terms of our performance. But yeah, we were definitely playing on the counter attack. You know, we obviously respected them, um, but we scored an absolutely delightful goal. So it was quite interesting. So Doherty actually started it all off. He tackled yeah. Costa, and Neves misses judge the um, kind of the, the flow of the ball. And um, Faye picks at the ball and turns and runs from Neves. Neves can't keep up with him. He has a really nice pass into Doherty um, into into his run. Um, and he unleashes, a hell of a strike, absolutely thrashed it into that, And it just kind of went above Ruddy's head and you just basically just, it was so fast. Um, there was talks with me we had a slight slight deflection but anyhow I don't think that would have made any difference and yeah and, the, and then at this point I get you guys were must have been an absolute like yeah, oh. dreamland I just couldn't believe it and it was just like pure pure happiness of a of, of, of a goal and a really good one at that
0: I don't want to rub it in as the only person out of the three of us that went to Stoke but it reminded me of the feeling I had when we scored at Stoke Holly, when we got the second goal particularly it was it was really good like exciting mental and the whole stadium was going absolutely crackers and. Um, yeah, the best thing about it was we were celebrating and as I, as I celebrated and sort of looked around, I'd remembered my brother and one of our friends that sits next to us were still down finishing off their pints. And as i as I panned down to look to the bottom of the where the concourse exit was, they come out going like this. I saw that. your
1: brother come running out, actually. <laughs>
0: they had their hands on their heads going, what happened? And so they missed the goal. They came and they were absolutely gutted. So it's a good job we scored a second one for them to be able to see. But um, yeah, that was quite a comical moment. But one of the questions I've got about you guys on the goal is obviously, Doherty's been pretty good in the FA Cup scoring. Which is a better goal, the one he scored at Salford
2: or the one he scored on Saturday? Um, just because it was against Wolves. Um, the the Wolves? One yesterday. What about you, Ollie?
1: Yeah, I thought the one he scored against Salford was really, really special and the angle was was yeah. was tight. But the fact that just, I think just the sheer pace of this one mm-hmm. and in fact it was against a Premier League goalkeeper rather than a non-league goalkeeper, I'd give it the the Wolves goal. That's
0: fair. I, I would slightly... I disagree. I, I actually think that for the technique of how he beat the man before and ran in on that goal... And and the, the angle the acute angle itself, I I would stick with Salford really. But let's be fair, he scored two absolute worldies for us in the FA Cup this season, and um, it's really not doing his reputation any harm, is it?
1: No, he's doing really well. Um, yeah, and it must be must be quite fun or kind of almost yeah, interesting for the Rangers fans because they they see these goals on the internet, thinking <laughs> this guy's doing absolutely amazing, and obviously you yeah, there's other games where he isn't as as effective, and I guess it's kind of proving why Rangers have loaned him out to a league one team. But no, he must be absolutely chuffed from that. Yeah,
0: I was gonna. Ask Mike, actually, as well, because you were obviously standing in the South Standing, so you were right, were you right behind the goal, or you, I don't know, were you right behind yeah, the angle of right, it? Right behind the goal, yeah, oh.
2: literally right behind the angle of it. Oh, um, fantastic! Oh, that um, sounds you, good, yeah. I mean. Really, it's the first goal we've had in safe standing where the atmosphere was like that. Um, so the, the size of the game, and it, for me, it just makes a difference being stood up hmm. for, for a goal. Um, and I, I, it, it went, it went ballistic. <laughs> I mean, it went absolutely insane. Um, you know, I mean, there, you know, there were people hugging people who didn't, you know, you didn't know, and it, it, it you know, it had, the, it had the feel of of being back at Game Meadow. To be fair, and Brilliant. you know, those. Those games that you know, like the Everton goals, and even you know, I remember the Great Escape season when we were all you know huddled into the, the end of, um Exeter, you know. But you stood up and and you know the ball hits the back of the net and the place just erupts and it did. I mean, it did just went ballistic.
0: That's the, yeah. I suppose it's like the first iconic Sound moment, I mean, other than it opening and but all the games have gone on the season. They've not been. Thrillers, most of them have they. So yeah,
2: <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, it, it's just again size of the game. Yeah. You know, the fact that it was, you know, that it, w- it was, it was busy. You know, it was full. Yeah, it 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 it, it was just. It's one of those moments you'll you'll remember really.
0: It was, and, and I'll remember it for just being able to turn around from where we were, Ollie, and have a look at the Wolves fans already starting to lose their mind, and they obviously lost their minds a little bit worse when we went two 0 up. But they, they were not happy with going one 0 down, were they?
1: No, they weren't, and yeah, obviously <laughs> chooser Tans were glowed in them as well. But um, Yeah, yep. they're not going to be happy, are they? Because they, let's be honest, they would have come to this game expecting a, a nice, you know, maybe a Blackpool Arsenal scoreline, um, where yeah. they yep. obviously Blackpool got thrashed. But you know, we we fully, you know, it was it was good. We were good for that goal, and I obviously I prefer much prefer in Where we sit line in the West Stand, but um mm-hmm. for when when a goal happens like that, being behind the goal and being so close to the action is fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's, it swings around, isn't it? I, I you know it's um, in an ideal world we'd have a nice long big so cool terrace like the old old riverside days on the it, way. But Mike's got jobs to do left, you know. It, one day we'll get to that.
2: <laughs> it's quite funny you say that. I actually had this conversation with somebody last night and because um, you know there's a few of us who moved over to the, the South Stand and and whilst love the safe standing I miss sitting. At the, I I prefer to watch football from yeah, the side. It's tricky. Um, you know, if 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 we could have safe stands at the side, so you know the idea was well, we'll just run you know five rows all the way along the back of the west stand. So <laughs> that was sort of handed to me last <laughs> night, and I was told go away and see what you can do. Oh, uh, so uh, yeah, so that's well, one, yeah. one, one, mate, one day,
0: agenda. one day. Um, there we go. So that was it, and then sort after the goal, obviously we all kind of calmed down, and some of us sat down, some of us stepped standing, but um. Yeah, it was. It was. It was just a real nice atmosphere, then. it was real bubbled up. And you know, the anticipation was, we've got something to hold on to now. It really changed my mindset as a fan. Then you'd gone from let's think about draw. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't really thinking about winning until we scored. But once you had that goal, you were thinking, right, we've got something we can give away. Here. And and the, the the pressure then ratchets up another degree, Ollie. Yeah,
1: it does. Um, Neves has a strike from 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 long range, which is yep. a really good um, um, block from Norburn um, outside the box, which is it went for a corner, which was quite close. Um, and then there was that situation where um, Mac Doherty put a cross in, and it was a header from Costa, um, and it was saved by Arnold. Oh. Um, and this one was obviously quite an interesting one. It was a obviously a. a- Quite a point-blank header. Um, But from you guys, uh, do you think it was a great save or a terrible miss?
0: I thought on the day, I thought, what a really bad miss. He's headed it straight at him. But it took until watching the replay this morning to see how much of an effort Arnold makes to get to it. And I think, actually, it's a really, really good save. Uh, You'd know, you still expect the Wolves player to score from there nine times out of ten. But you've got to give Arnold an absolute massive amount of credit, haven't you, Mike?
2: Um, I'm passing on this one because I have no idea. Um, (laughs) I'm right down the other end of the ground. So, literally, I, I... you know I I could sort of tell from the town fans reaction that it was a good save yeah. um but we were uh, and I haven't seen the replay so um mm. I I couldn't tell you <laughs> um yeah so no it was I'm it was a good save I one. will advise you
0: to watch the the highlights <laughs> when you get a chance and um yeah, it is a really good
1: save, Ollie, isn't it? Can't ride yeah, die, it's think, a good save. Yeah. I think, it's, you know, headers are always quite difficult. And I think, um and he, you know, you could argue you could have done a bit better. But, you know, you, um, Arnold moves his arm to block the shot for me, which means I think I've yep. got to give the credit to Arnold for that. So, yeah, really, really good um, goalkeeping and kept us in the game. And, and then, obviously, um, Jimenez came on and he missed an absolute sitter of his first chance, which... <laughs> When he came on, he he changed the game, didn't he? He They had a focal point. Um, and to me that kind of changed the dynamic of the game him and him coming on
0: he's, he's the guy they signed for 35 million quid or is, they, or... they've got an option on him for uh, 30 five. So, 35 do you know quid, what I mean yeah. they, were, they, were, they got to the point Wolves, where they were having to bring on these wonder players you know considering... they brought on
1: 40 million pounds worth of strikers
0: <laughs> which is more than we've ever ever spent in transfer fees in the entire history of well, our we club we only spent that
1: much on our, on, our tra- <laughs> on our training ground and, no. and stadium combined
0: no well yeah exactly it's, he's probably worth more than the entirety of our football club let's be brutally honest about it so let's let's not beat around the bush about how you know much that seriously they started to take. You well, know, they were always obviously taking it pretty seriously by the team they started. But you know, once they were having to try and dig themselves out of a hole, they weren't messing around with their substitutions. And um, I, even even during that period after the first goal, you know, we, I thought that we were still. We, we weren't ragged at that point. I still didn't think we went back too deep. We did a little bit later on, but we we really did try to keep, you know, doing the same things we were doing before. And, and yeah, we were coughing up chances, but they, a lot of them were like long range shots and they just were kept sort of spanking them into the walls, fans a lot, or a lot of the time they were getting deflections and going out for corners. So we were just about kind of doing what we needed to do in the defensive. And, and I also thought as the game went on, they pushed forward more they were really leaving loads of space for Faye and Doherty to get on. There was a couple of chances where we could have broke a little bit better. So, again, once we got the first goal, it kind of changed the dynamic of the game a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think Wars had to work hard, didn't they, to create their chances. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was working really, really hard um, to defend the goal. And, yeah, it was... Um, and then, you know, we thought we couldn't believe, you know, we were happy to be winning 1-0. And then <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we get a corner from, a, from an attack. Um, a note goes to Norburn. He takes the corner and there's your man Waterfall comes running in and heads into the back of the net and at this moment I just can't believe it
2: yeah um, yeah it just it just went mental in there I mean it it, you know it it, I think at 1-0 you're sort of pinching yourself at 2-0 you you're sort of like this this is ridiculous Um, but the one thing I will say is the one uh, one thing I've been really critical this season of is our set pieces um, which I, I don't I, to be honest, overall, I think are pretty shocking. Um, mm. But Norburn put in two corners in in quick succession. The one the keeper almost carried over his own goal line. Yeah, on. yeah. And then this one, which you know was absolutely spang on the money. I mean, he it, it, it couldn't have put it in any better. I mean, my question would be, why aren't we doing this every week? Um, but yeah, what what a what a great delivery. And and to be fair, Waterford, he can't do anything but score really. <laughs> and this, this is
1: th- the first time that norburn has taken corners
2: i i think it I is i think so yeah because yeah. um, it's been docks hasn't it yeah, or, or,
0: wall, yeah. or or wally before that sometimes Haines even i've not seen norburn take a lot of corners now um
2: but you know after yesterday you know maybe you know the, my note i'm sending back to sam rickett's is make sure he takes all the corners from now on cuz you know <laughs> they, they, uh, you know i think he put three he put three or four in and they they were all dangerous they were all in the right area they were not over hit or you know and that's the one thing that's really frustrating me this season. We've got good players in the air, especially waterfall, but our, our, our set pieces just aren't particularly great. So again, whether it's something that has been worked on this week in training, you know, he's had another full week with them, and you know, it's something they've been able to sort out, but. Um, yeah, I thought you know the set pieces yesterday was were, were very good. It's funny, Waterfall. I think he must have five or six goals now, and aren't, aren't all of them headers or, or volley like mm.
0: the one at Wimbledon? They're all from corners, aren't they? I think all
1: or set pieces. There was one, yeah, one against Sunderland.
0: An absolute asset, isn't he? In in that respect, in the box, and we haven't really talked about how well we defended. But you know, we're going to come to the man of the match, and I think he probably features in that for a few people. But you know, you couldn't really fault his, his defensive work really during the game, and, and he is such an asset going forward. Um, which, which, is, which is good to see. And it's interesting. I, I noticed at one point, Ollie, because he, he's so useful in that situation. We had some... Um, I think it was maybe, maybe when we were 2-0 up or maybe 2-1, where we started to get Haynes doing long throws. And we sent Beckles and Wartfall up for long throws. Which, again, is something I've not seen this season. So I think that Ricketts is maybe starting to understand that actually that physicality those two possess why not try and use it a little bit more really and and maybe that's the edge that we're starting to get from these set pieces now with Norburn as well so yeah interesting that maybe Ricketts has had a chance to work on that like you said with the time he's had this week
1: yeah no definitely um, but yeah unfortunately our um, our, our joy was, was was cut short a little bit um, oh. so four minutes later Calavero Portuguese international comes on um, he does Doherty and crosses for Jimenez who just blasts into the back of the net um, you know very international striker finish Um and yeah, at that point you're thinking mm, like there's obviously still a bit of time to go. At this point, he scored in the 75th minute, so there was 15 minutes plus injury time still to go.
0: And mm. yeah,
1: they, they they kept on piling the pressure after that.
0: Yeah, there was so it was, it was unlucky. And and you know, I, I think they even I think Ricketts in his post match lamented that for Seth's first goal. He maybe felt it was a little bit soft as well. But that's I think that's harsh. either way. You know, we are playing against millions and millions of pounds worth of players. Um, so yeah and and it did suddenly <laughs> change changed the vibe in the stadium I I felt Again, and this is what we should say the credit to our fans. I felt that no one really got down, everyone stayed up and stayed with the team. And you know, that the atmosphere had been ratcheted up after our second goal with what had gone on with the Wolves and Shoes fans all down the front of Block 18 and the sort of tension there was around in the West End where we were. But the atmosphere had kind of stayed up, and you know, it was just building to a crescendo. And we all wanted that crescendo to be a 2 1 win, but little did we know that that crescendo was something different. But we, we didn't quite get there, did we? Because obviously, we had uh, the injury time and all that sort of stuff first, Ollie, which was a bit odd.
1: Yeah, there was there was. Yeah, well we can talk about the injury time now. So I think it's worth saying that during the course of the game Sadler um got sorry, Sadler, yeah, Sadler got booked and he'll be suspended, but he got booked yeah. um for a freshman foul. And then um Doherty was booked for kind of stopping them taking a free kick, yeah. which he was booked for. And then about a minute thirty seconds later, Grant was booked for kicking the ball away. Um and Arnold was time wasting. So I don't think we were other any other players were time wasting, but apart from those two other instances no. and We were definitely time-wasting on our um, goal kicks. Um, Obviously, there was three goals in normal time, plus five subs. Yeah. So... You know there was always going to be um, quite a few extra minutes, like I mean, interestingly, guys around us, um, Ian said he reckoned there'll be six minutes, and it seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment. We do seem to be racking up these extra minutes, and yeah. I don't know, I wasn't that really too surprised. But a lot of town fans are talking about the six minutes, and obviously, they scored in after three minutes, so you know, you can't really use that as an excuse or as a reason or you know, try and find a reason why we lost the game or drew the game. Sorry,
0: no, I agree. i had been watching Roger East. he was stopping his watch at everything, so I tweeted out a couple of minutes before the board up I reckon we'll get seven minutes so I was a minute over really it was less than I thought we'd get and so I you know no we can't complain about that we didn't lose the game because of the injury time um it's funny. Michael was shaking his head when you are talking about the bookings about that one for Doxy. You weren't very happy with his
2: booking, by the sounds of that. Were you shaking your head? No, I, I don't, th- harsh, I don't think he's got. He hasn't really got a chance to move, move away from yeah. the ball. He does I think. go towards the ball, I doesn't think. he? <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm miles away, so yeah. I, you know I'm guessing it. Okay, fair enough. They it so didn't
1: give him any warning, though. Like right. I think, like you know, and it was also the yes. first time we'd done it, so it was a bit harsh. But I can also understand why the referee did it. You know, we were starting to play all the different tactics, and we also then. You know, even as you could say, Grant kicking the ball away justified that other yellow card because we were starting to play some of the dark arts.
0: Yeah, we we started doing it more. We've obviously we've obviously it on this podcast that we don't do it enough, haven't we, Ollie? And obviously didn't see us over the line this time, but clearly, you know, Ricketts from that Q and A we went to, he talked about he wants his team to do things that other teams do to us because why should we be? You know, he did mention that in the Q and A, I think it was one of the questions he had. So maybe we starting to see a little bit more. Not the, you know the dark arts, just the smart things to do. You know you can get a book in and get away with it. That's fine. Yeah. Would, I mean, you,
2: talk-
1: would you guys gain the ref though for this for this there, them equalising?
2: No, no, no. I mean, it, I, again, talking to the Wolves fans after the game, it, it's quite funny because you come out and obviously our fans are, are sort of going mental because it's it's like where do you get six minutes from and the Wolves fans are going wow we only played two minutes of football in the last 15 minutes you know (laughs) the rest of the time and and to be fair the referee had had, had actually called Sadler over and and actually warned him that you know that that he needed to tell the rest of the team that you know that that we were we were wasting too much time so i I don't think you can you can have any argument with the six minutes to be honest um, what i 'm more concerned about is you know we get a reputation for doing it and mm. it starts happening every week and you know we we've seen it in the past you know when we've played teams and and different managers have have always got that sort of thing that players go down easy or they time waste and you know you always hate that sort of team um do we want to become? That sort of team. Um... I would have
0: agreed with you years ago, Mike. But I honestly think that almost all teams we play are a bit like it nowadays. Like I honestly think it's become so acceptable. Like even at Blackpool last week, you know, Blackpool were doing it and we were doing it in the same game. Yeah. So I wonder it, it needs it to be
1: eradicated down. from the game.
0: Yeah, it's either all or not, all or not, isn't yeah. it?
1: You lose out now, don't you? Yeah, so everyone's yeah. happened to do it. Well, it doesn't we... mean it's acceptable, but it's. No. It's become norm- yeah. normal. I mean,
2: in in one case, it's 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 nice to it's, I say it's nice to see us doing it, but it's nice to see that we're we're you know that that sort of inexperience that we we tend to look at that some of our teams in the past have had naive, where, yeah, yeah, naivety, yeah, um, you know, we we've learned from that, and you know, we've got the sort of players in there now. I mean, Grant is exactly. a prime prime example. You know, the guy is an expert at winning a free kick. Um, Norburn's a snidey one as well. He's he's good at all
0: he's that sort cheeky, of stuff. He's <laughs> cheeky, yeah, yeah. So not, cheap, so you, I think you get you get led by that in your midfield because that's where most of that yeah, sort of stuff happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Doherty's not shy in in, in putting his stamp on a game either, yeah, is he? So no. with those three in midfield, I think that maybe dictates how we are approaching that element of it. But it, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion. But yeah, I think we've we've covered the extra time off. It, annoying as it was. It didn't cost us the game. Because, no, you know it wasn't the referee's fault. We lost the game. Unfortunately, the reason we lost—sorry, lost—the reason we drew that game. I know it feels like a loss. I see. Yeah. Like when it's ninety-three minutes, it does feel like a loss. But the reason we drew it is for a pure, just bit of class, really, from from the guy on the on the right wing, Toria, wasn't it? And Docty uh, Do, um, Haines just not quite. You know, he got done basically, but you can't really be too harsh on him because that guy is an amazingly talented player, and he did alright right most of the rest of the game. Um, it, it's a bit harsh to be too hard on him, isn't it? But um, yeah, I don't know. If it were it was a league game, I would have probably been saying he could have done better there. But I don't know. I don't
2: know what you guys think. Um, the guy's ridiculously quick, isn't he? Yep, I mean, let's, yep. you know. And I think the one thing you, you might sort of say, you know, Haynes needs to Haynes needs to make sure he. he, he Blocks that cross, but to be fair, the guy's done him for pace. You know, mm. he's he's round him, and you know he's he's managed to get the crossing before Haynes was really even knows what's going on. To be honest, um, great header. Um, but yeah. they've thrown everyone forward. Though. They you have. Know, it's the right you know, backstory. they've got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, they've thrown everyone forward. Yeah. You know, they 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 were prepared to do that, knowing that you know we had it out and potentially got the other end and score. So yeah, we yeah, You times. know, it's um, it's one of those. It's. it's it's gutting, it's gutting. You, you, you did it, I, I was absolutely devastated, I must admit. Oh, you know, you God. come away from there and you're like, it does feel like a defeat. Yeah. Um, but so proud of the lads, to be fair. It was
1: It was very disappointing, wasn't it? Like in terms of to, to give away the lead and then to draw um, was a huge disappointment. Obviously the, the Wolves fans all running and charging forward Um mm-hmm. They um, got the chance. The police got the chance to get some of their batons out at one point. <laughs> um, it was all kicking off, um, and the town fans weren't as uh, weren't you know as either weren't perfect. So you know both as bad as each other. Um, but a full time, I was, yeah, it did feel like a defeat, but then also that kind of mixture of pride and disappointment.
0: Yeah, I think that's true as well. And, um, you know, pride is, is definitely it's, it, I just, the two words I said right at the start of the podcast all valid for me. I was very proud, but absolutely gutted. And, you know, as a football fan, sometimes you have to square away both those feelings at the same time. And it's not, there's not many times where you have to, you know, it's only really sport that does that to you. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's 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 worse when you are as a uh, hardcore of Town fan that goes home in a way. We've seen the bad stuff this season. We were almost on the verge of what was to me a result that wouldn't have been far off Everton. You know, the Everton victory for me it was really would have been that big of a win because they were Premiership. we in League One. We're not quite as bad as we were when we beat Everton, but it's still a, still but would Everton have been a,
1: weren't a you know particularly amazing side either, were they? They were they were fourth in the Premiership
0: when we played them that year. Yeah, you know, they, they were they were pretty good. Oh, yeah, okay. they were they were right at the top. And um, so so between the league status, it wouldn't have been quite as good, but. The extra element of the local derby of it, and yeah. maybe the unexpected nature of it—it's similar to the Everton game that we probably weren't expected to get from the of Premier it. League
1: has moved on, hasn't it, since then? Yes, as well.
0: definitely, much, much different levels. So we were just on the verge of another historic day, and you know we already had one at Stoke, so you know we've got that in our pocket. We'll always look back on maybe that as the the main thing that happened this season if we go on to avoid relegation. But it's cruel to have it snatched away from us, and we've got a replay potentially. We've got another chance to do it, but um, it's certainly going to be the harder route now, isn't it, than than trying to hold on for the last two minutes. But. Um, gutted Got it. <laughs> what else can you say, Ollie? I think the other thing you mentioned there about the trouble during the game is, and I don't know what you guys think about it, but you know, h- how hard do you think the club should crack down on our fans about that? I mean, obviously Wolves fans ran on the pitch, our fans ran on the pitch. At one point, m- someone picked up one of those flags the kids were waving on from one of the Shoe Town fans and started hitting either a policeman or a steward with it, but then the sh- the- there was also a bottle thrown from Block 19 yeah. into the Wolves fans, but then there was stuff coming back. They, they obviously got baton charged do it. How-, how hard do you think it should be? Because obviously someone ran on the pitch a few weeks back and got a three-year ban. If she'd be telling, can quite a few people. people right on the pitch exactly um, should, should they all get three year bans? what do you think?
2: It's very difficult I mean I, I've obviously with the safe stand, I've sat on the safety advisory group so I've, I've had sort of inside discussions and, and seen inside discussions as to you know what the police look to do and what the stewarding looks to do and you know we, we've worked quite closely with Lawrence who's our um, safety officer at the football ground as well and you know you you do have to take so much in, into consideration when you've got you know fans standing. Or I think yesterday when it, it starts kicking off, what do you do? Your stewards aren't really trained to go in and you know separate two twenty stone guys who yeah. are ready to rip each other's faces off. Um, you know that's down to the police and the advanced stewards that come in for those games. The problem you've got then is. Because they're not local, or or especially with advanced stewards, you tend to find a little bit more anti- antagonistic sometimes, mm. maybe. We see it at away games, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we see it at away games as well. You know, the police are obviously struggling to control it because, you know, they've ended up with the battons out and, mm. and, you know, a little bit like Charlton at the end of last season when they used the um, the spray on the, the Charlton fans. Police dogs on the pitch, yeah. You at the end. know, it, it, what can you do? I mean, you know apart from closing block 19 there's not a massive amount you can do to stop those two sets of fans from squaring up to each other in that corner mm. um, you know you could put a 20 foot barrier down the middle of, of the corner maybe to so at least they can't see each other Um but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't stop. It, it doesn't stop, you know, them from having a go at each other at the, from the back of the stands and throwing stuff towards each mm. other. So it, it's just a very difficult situation. Our ground isn't the isn't a fantastic design for anything. the segregation <laughs> of anything. But the segregation of, especially that the you know when you've got massive attendances and and full full houses where you can't block off that first block of the away end. Mm. Um, it's, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I, uh, you know, at the end of the day, anybody who is identified as throwing a bottle will get a ban. Yep. You know, anybody yep. that are, is identified as... as encroaching as, You pitch. know, encroaching on the pitch or, you know, trying to hit a police officer or a steward or whatever will get a ban. We're, it, it's, you know, it's not, it's not rocket science. No. But the problem is when you've got a couple of hundred people doing that...
0: It's hard to crack down on all of them, isn't it? Yeah, It'd it's, it's it would be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, to me, looking at it from Block 17 a bit farther removed, is that there was there was a couple of minutes there where we were almost on the verge of serious disorder when there wasn't quite enough police there and the Wolves fans and Shoes fans were really both pushing forward and could easily have got to each other. And that's when you saw three Riot fans come yeah. tearing in from where we could sit. You saw them tearing in and suddenly the sort of Robocops have arrived. And, it, and for it to have got to that point, you just think surely in 2019, both sets of our fans should be beyond this now. It's disappointing to see it as an Ollie, and then I, I walk back down Bellevue Road with my kids, and it again, it's just it's not great, you know. And I can understand passion and football rivalry, and I'm as passionate a football fan as I ever am. But no, we've said this many times before. Right? No point am I ever going to want to go and pun someone in the face because they support a different team. And and there are people who still in this day and age want to do that, and I will never get my head around it, and it, and it, it shames both clubs if I'm honest with you.
1: Yeah, they didn't. I don't know why they allow people to stand at the bottom. They should just move them out mm. if they keep doing it. It just come out like we they they cost the club money these people um and they and they ruin the they don't I think they were even watching the game were they they were more interested in throwing bottles and um giving signs to Wolves fans which is a bit sad really so I think anyone who's thrown I think should be banned and I don't see why they should be allowed to stand at the bottom they just need to be you know if if you go to football and that's what you're interested in then don't bother coming you're not football fans
2: I, I think I think the issue with with anything like that and it you know it's always something that. <laughs> We've and it's a bit like fans standing in block 19. It's like, well, why don't you go up and make them sit down? And it it's like, well, how do you do that and not it not turn into a a, a riot? Basically, mm. um, you know. But it's
1: accepted got, now that our club it's got to a point now where it's acceptable to stand in front of that area near the barrier in front of the stewards and give Vs Vs and and wanker signs to the opposition
2: fans. Yeah, I think you're right, Ollie. I think that you know it. it it is, and and but you know how do, how do you stop that? How you know apart you know unless the stewards come in and, and physically force those people back up into the stands, which is is a difficult thing to do if you've got maybe a hundred or one hundred and fifty people there. You know the problem is then is that you send stewards in to do that, and potentially you make it even worse, and those fans then turn on the stewards.
1: Yeah, um, Maybe you just has to do it retrospectively. We've got CCD camera in the area.
0: Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah, yeah, the company. Maybe they need to say a line on it, don't they? It's going to be interesting how they deal with it. But to me, these are the people that mean most or a lot of our local derbies get moved to stupid times that no one wants to go and watch the football at. It's because of things like this. And you know, the next time we play Port Vale or, or, or Wolves or or Wrexham, or you know, and it gets moved to a twelve o'clock kick off on a Sunday. That you like, why do we keep getting these games moved? It's because of stuff like this and some of the insavory incidents that happened last season. So it isn't. It is a behaviour that affects the rest of our fan base and. um I, you know, it's it's just trying to find that right line between absolute passion and desire for your own football team, and and making sure it doesn't you know ruin this football club. But here we go. It's interesting. It was one of those things that was worth talking about, Ollie. But um, yeah, let's let's let's. Uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Wolves' as best players. I don't want to talk about Wolves, but you two can talk about it if you want.
1: Yeah, well, I think in terms of they, they. I think in terms of their performance, they were probably quite disappointed. I imagine their managers quite disappointed their performance. Yeah. I was expecting. You know, I've. You know, watching the Premier League and being interested in tactics, interested in how they've been doing in the Premier League, I was quite underwhelmed with their performance, and I'm sure it's going to give the manager something to think about. But for me, their best player was Doherty, um, You know, in terms of going forward, and he's in my fantasy team, so it's quite funny to see him score. Um, yeah, it's but not funny. Aren't he, he does that. In- <laughs> he does that in the Premier League all the time. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's it's yeah, it's not funny to him to score at all. I was absolutely <laughs> gutted. Um, I don't know why I said that, but yeah, it's yeah, they were a good side, and it's. Um, it is um yeah, I, I can't imagine that their their management team are very impressed with their performance and it'd be interesting to see how they perform in the um, in the replay.
0: They were playing with with a team under pressure of this is all we've got left in the season really and if we get knocked out of the FA Cup now you know they just felt they were playing under a little bit of pressure really because all Wolves fans have been saying this is our year to have a good cup run so maybe that played a little part of it but yeah I don't know I wasn't impressed with them and I suppose you weren't either Mike really but um, in terms of in terms of who I was impressed with I think we've all gone for the same man man of the match which is interesting because <laughs> poor old Lewis Cox his man of the match votes he puts up sometimes on Twitter he does miss the obvious and he he left off Mister Doherty from his man of the match vote on Saturday which I found bizarre to be honest with you he put Laurent in it, which I, don't, I can't get my head around that one, but um, we've all gone for Doherty, man of the match. Um, which I think is fair enough because he was fantastic not just the goal, but his overall all action box to box midfield performance. Mike, you just you can't fault the bloke at the moment, can you? When when he's on
2: form,
1: you can fault him when he's crap in the league.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah but I yeah. mean,
0: yeah. in on the on the um, this, for when, this game,
2: when, he, when he's on form, he can at this level he can single handedly win your, win your games, can't he? I mean, mm, he's yeah. um. He is that good and you know, he is the skill and, and he's you can tell he's he's destined for much bigger things than, than League One. Um again, a little bit like the rest of the squad, it's his consistency yep, that lets yep, him down. Yep. Um but certainly yesterday for me man the match.
0: Yeah, and so Oli you went for Waterfall second and Sadler Sadler third. I went for Waterfall second and Arnold third. And Mikey went for Waterfall second and Grant third. So we all went for Waterfall second. We, we've talked about him during this review. But, you know, as I say, he was solid at the back and, and great. The only the only difference really then is you went for Sadler, Ollie. I don't know if you got a word on Sadler's um, performance.
1: Yeah, I thought Sadler did really well. But I think it's just worth mentioning. I thought Beckles would play really well. I think Lauren yes. was really good as yeah. well. So I think Laurent did have a good game. But, yeah, for me... Um, yeah, those those guys were kind of above him.
0: So I went for Arnold just because I thought you know it, we've often lamented sort of him in a few of the games recently. I know he did kick a couple out straight out of play again, but you know made those quality saves when they were needed and was was quite commanding in the box. And we won't talk about Grant anymore, Mike, because we've gone on about him all season about how he's just yeah,
2: imp- imperious, basically. It's just, just his experience that yeah. he adds to the side really. Um, it, to be fair, it's difficult to pick a third for me because I think. The rest of the team really could probably have, have yep. sat in that third position.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, what about three word three word match reports, Ollie? It was a, it was a bit of a disparate effort on there, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Lots of different options. So, yeah. Keith O'Neill said bloody good effort. Brian Strutt waterfall scores again. Chris Hudson cracking crack cup tie. And um, Jenny Wheatley proud of them. Um, Will Smith felt like a defeat which we th- we've commented on already um, yeah Jim said nothing but pride and then yeah Georgia, Georgia with lucky walls and yeah it was quite funny I just kind of screen printed those because it was a, a nice selection of comments mm. and kind of shared all that everyone's, uh, everyone's views but yeah I think it's worth just kind of just kind of film is finishing the game in terms of yeah there's a lot of pride from the Shooter Town fans
0: yeah and we'll go straight on to Sam Ricketts really that his first comment was he had a mixture of pride and disappointment didn't he so yeah. it kind of, kind of sums that up well um but yeah, do you want to run through the rest yeah, of the time? Yeah, so he mis- was, was in, both
1: goals that we can and we have to defend better on them. And vast majority is the game we defended so well. Um, and he was talking then about how we played and we played on the on the, on the counter. The corner, um, you know, it was a great delivery. And he says, you know, it was a bit of focus on waterfall. He has scored quite a few goals for us this season You know, when he goes forward he, he expects to score and yeah in terms of the six minute stoppers you know, he thought that was incredible he didn't see six minutes but I think that might have just been his reaction at the time and his disappointment um, and he said his mood in the dressing room was the same as supporters great but we didn't win um, but you know one of the things Ricketts keeps going on about is performance levels um, and he says hopefully the players can take some of this, some of this belief into the, into the league um, and also belief that you know we can take the game plan that we took and you know he's pleased that the players could do that but yeah. he did kind of is very clear to say that we need to turn these draws into wins, yep. and if we do that, then we can move move away from where we are in the league table.
0: Turning draws into wins is exactly what we were saying under Askew at the start of the season, wasn't it? It seems both sort of starts to both their managerial careers here have been, you know, some encouraging performances, but not enough wins. So maybe yeah, Rick, if Ricketts can solve that problem. He'll be here for a bit longer than ASCI was, won't he? So yeah, there we go. I think that that sums that game up really, Ollie. Um, yeah, on to the replay. I'm sure we'll we'll go there with with full hearts and. Full voices trying to trying to see us over the line there, but it's going to be a bit trickier. So, yeah, I think that we'll leave the, the summary there and we'll move on to Salop up news. Jake Pipton's interception fell kindly into the path of substitute Scott Vernon, who teed up Collins to fire the guests into the lead. So, Salop up news. Um, we've got a, a a bit of transfer news to talk about, and obviously we're going to have a chat with Mike about, as we said, some of the supports Parliament initiatives going on at the moment, which is. Always great to catch up about. We we sort of discussed this very briefly last week, Ollie, um, and we wanted to have a bit more of a detailed chat, didn't we, this week? And it's nice to have a guest as well, really, to have a third view on it. But I, I, I you've written this on the agenda in much more glowing terms, Ollie. But I've just said you want to, You're sick of us being in the FA Cup and you think it's a distraction, <laughs> which is not exactly the best way to put it, Ollie. But yeah, it's
1: not quite, I, I think either. <laughs> but yeah, I, last week I posted on Facebook. Um, about that I thought you know in some ways you know if we had a respectable defeat to wolves we could then focus on the on the on the league mm-hmm. um and obviously I probably wasn't eloquent enough or probably didn't go into enough detail to kind of explain what I what I thought but you know while I like the FA cup and I do love the FA cup and it's great to have an FA cup run and I've you know enjoyed some of the games we've had for me I'm concerned that you know we are um in a situation where we've now had you know we're going to have two extra games with Stoke away and Wolves away um, and we've had quite, we've done, you know, in, in terms of the Cups and after the, we've played the Cups, we don't seem to do too well. Mm. So after we beat Stoke, we drew away from Blackpool, we didn't have enough legs. After the um, EFL trophy and the FA Cup wins um, early in the rounds, we lost away to Burton. Um, and I'm just a little bit concerned so while I really enjoy the FA Cup I don't know it's parallels to when we got relegated to the conference and I'm just really concerned that you know we've worried about the fitness of the team we've worried about the quality of our team and I don't know it's almost like we're scoring our goals in the FA Cup uh, and the Cups and we can't (laughs) score in the league and this, for me, there's just a part of me, and I've seen a few other fans. And um, Ryan Humphreys on Twitter was saying as well. But I've got absolute yep. pelters um, on, on Facebook for suggesting that you know we should like you know you know losing to Wolves wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Uh, but I still think that you know I absolutely love Saturday, and I absolutely loved it when we scored. But kind of you know there's like my head and my heart, like my heart saying yeah, FA Cup is fantastic, and I'm loving it. But my heart, my head is going. You know, is is this gonna? You know, if we keep winning games, you know, are we gonna? Is this gonna carry on impacting our form through January into February?
0: I, I, I'll throw it to my next. One thing I should just say is, as soon as we went two 0 up on Saturday, the first thing I tweeted was two 0 We're definitely getting relegated because <laughs> you just felt a little bit like we've talked about that relegation season, But I don't know. What, what do you feel? Do you feel like when we talked about the FL last year, FL Trophy last year, maybe being a distraction at the end of the season? Do you think the FA Cup's been a distraction so far? Will it, will it continue to be one?
2: Um. I think it becomes an extra a, a distraction the further you go in it, and depending on what your league position is, you know if we if we're sat comfortably in tenth or yeah. you know eleventh, um, you want that cup run, don't you? I think when you're sat well, we eighteenth, nineteenth, one point above the the bottom four, um, you know you you probably you know in your head you'd rather have that free week for the players to get rested for the for the following following week. We end up and, having more
1: Tuesday night games now, won't we? Double header. Yeah. Weeks.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I mean potentially, I think is it Doncaster that the game has been put off, and I think potentially if they draw their rep- uh, their next round game because they're through, that game gets put off again. Yep. So potentially that's another game, and uh, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's um, you know it, it is a head and heart thing. You know, your head says you want that extra time to recover. Um, you, you know, your your heart says you want to go and stuff wolves at Molyneux.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I'm a bit. I, I'm, it it is a really interesting discussion because we've been burnt by the relegation season to the conference and how that developed and that distraction then caused you know. But I, I still don't think that distraction in that relegation season was purely the reason we got relegated. We had a really, really poor team that season and an incredibly poor defence. We don't have that this season. We have an incredibly poor attack, but maybe in a couple of weeks' time we'll be saying something different if we brought some new players in. So it, there's some different things about those teams, I think, that means that we shouldn't just think, because we've gone on a good cut run this year and we're down at the bottom of the league, it's going to happen again. Um, but I also am of the view that going to Stoke and having that result at Stoke this year is up in my top 10 times supporting Sheeper Town this year. Now, it's going to feel very, very hollow if we end up getting relegated at the end of the year and we had that amazing moment. It's going to feel crap, but I still personally think that there's so much football left to be played and there's so much time and points left to be got that it, it can't be used as a distraction just yet. If we beat Wolves and got to the next round, I think maybe then it is dragging on, but I still think that if we got knocked out against Wolves in the replay next Wednesday or Tuesday there shouldn't be enough time for this team to recover, especially the way they've been playing in the Cups, that it shouldn't be an excuse for relegation in my opinion. But it's, it's an interesting chat. I think the reason you got so much grief, Ollie, is that it came across in the way you wrote it that you you, you kind of... Not, not the way you wrote it, sorry. In the way that if it was anyone but Wolves, it would have been a better argument, do you know what I mean, because of that local rivalry well, and that been local been pride. Taken, perceived, yes. yeah. I think it would have been perceived differently. If, it, if we'd have been playing Man City at home and you'd have said, oh, well, let's just get knocked out now, you know, not, not let's not get knocked out, but if we could get knocked out here, like, you know, spanked by one of the best teams in the world, it wouldn't be the worst, we could focus on our league form, but because it was Wolves, there was more passion around it, I think, yeah. so I think maybe that's why you got a bit more abuse than you probably deserved, Ollie, but um, yeah, it's an interesting discussion, and yeah, who knows, we might be into round five, yet. Yeah. and then we might start having to look at how our form is. But one of the things I'm going to do on the Blue and Amber fans in account this week is look at every result post cup game we've had this season. Because I would bet there aren't many wins in it. Ollie, well, we haven't won um, many need... games all
1: season, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true actually. So maybe it's not. That's fair the thing. Because I was
1: having this discussion with Ant. He said that. Um, yeah but we always lose away and us picking away games we played away after the yeah, you know and we've got the worst true. home form but anyway it's an interesting debate and yeah people to share their opinion on that you know and you know you don't all have to agree and you know you can no, think no. almost like it's a bit of a complicated one because I kind of think two things at the same time which is a bit confusing when you're chatting online because things sometimes come across as black and white but yeah, yeah that was that so yeah well, why we've got mike on and there's a couple of yeah supporters parliament topics we'd like to discuss
0: yeah i suppose first one really is the, the thing that we've had sort of a, a bit of a press release on on friday which was the work that's been going ongoing with the Power League bar, but then a sort of change in the process for voting for the name of it, which has been interesting. So obviously had a lot of feedback about Chris Smith and, and sort of changing the vote for that. So kind of what what's the background to that? How did that come around?
2: <clears throat> well, the the whole Power League thing's been going on for for quite a few months now, and and basically Power League pulled out um, or decided they were going to pull out of uh, of the the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, Club obviously had a decision to take whether to to rent it back out to somebody else or or take it on themselves and. I think with Jamie and and the the community guys doing doing amazing work, um, it just it just fitted in perfectly with what they're trying to achieve. Um, so the, uh, the 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 plan is is that Jamie and in the community are taking over the pitches, and then the football club's taking over the bar. Um, so basically, that that facility now is having a a bit of a, a, a revamp, repaint, put new flooring down last week. Um, the plan is to make it a Shrewsbury Town supporters bar. Yeah. So there's going to be shirts up, quotes on the walls. Um, we are hoping we can get the Coracle in there as well. Fantastic. Um, so you know we are going to try and make it something that is, is 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 going to feel special for for town fans really, and something that town fans have wanted for a long, long time. Um, if you come to SP meetings, it's be yeah. on much on every agenda that we've ever had. Um, so it, it goes further back than that, Mike. I remember <laughs> when
0: when we sat
2: at the, the old Gay Meadow
0: back in the Umbrella Group days before we moved to New Meadow, and it, people were talking about design and talking about this, that, and the other. And even then, the, one of the most fundamental questions and things that was requested for was a supporters bar because you do need that hub, especially for something like the Sports Parliament or, or other elements like that to kind of congregate around. And the fan zone's been brilliant, and we should give the, the guys credit for that. And I hope that continues because having an outdoor space in the summer is, is brilliant. But yeah, it's been probably the most requested thing I think that we've had as a fan and. And to have it, and to have it coming along in the way that it's been developing in the last few weeks from what I've been reading is mental. I can't believe it's actually happening. Yeah. Not when we got but, the badge back.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, a huge amount of work's gone in and um, Jamie and his team and, and Brian and, and obviously the football club have been working you know, continuously on it and we've just sort of been going in and throwing ideas at them and then leaving and, and you know, so um, <laughs> it's sort of, you know, it's been a, it's been a long, long drawn out sort of thing, but... Um, no, really, really pleased to happen in. Obviously, then the football club gave us the, the, the chance to, to name the bar. Um, I think originally, I think we made a bit of a mistake by probably not considering Chris's name, purely because uh, I think there were a few reasons. One, there's been talk about other bits and pieces being done uh, in honour of Chris mm. around the community. Um, I don't know, maybe it didn't strike the guys that sat down originally that it was something that potentially Chris... Would have wanted named after him and, and that, that sort of is, is our fault at the end of the day. Um yeah, but you know, we put it out to the vote. I think the one the one thing we said all all along that on that vote there would be an option to give us ideas because there are always ideas that we don't think of and quite quickly it became quite apparent that yeah. you know, Chris's Chris's name had, had come up. Um I know um Chris wynn has been discussing with the family as well. So we wanted to make sure that they were happy. Um which obviously that you know they are. So the vote's in the process of happening now. Um as always we've given town fans the the, the choice. Yeah. Um and it's up to them to to to, to go and have their vote. So no,
0: I don't know you I think it's it you know, sometimes people will say, why are we doing a second vote? But for me I think actually, you know that that like through the sports parliament, the community team and the club are listening to fans and listening to what the vibe was coming across, already, so I think that's the right thing to do. I don't
1: know about you. Yeah, no, it's fine. I think it's good to have a vote. Yeah, I, I voted for Turner's personally, um, but yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. And yeah, it's it's great that the club, the club and the fans are going to have this. And yeah, I'd be interested to know a little bit more about it and a few things. I've never actually ever gone to the power league and really understand how it works and stuff. But now it sounds like it's going to be more open and you just go in. So yeah, I might try it.
2: Yeah, I mean the one the one thing I will say is obviously you know the football club are taking this on. Mid-season, so it, it's a really it's it's a difficult situation for both Jamie and the club. I know there's sort of a short-term plan and then a sort of a longer-term plan come mm. the end of the season. So it's something that you know is going to grow. Don't expect to turn up in the first week and everything to be perfect. It's it's not going to be. We're going to you know there's going to be a lot of discussion as to how we can improve things, what we can do. Um, you know potentially the fan zone at some point will then be incorporated into it as well Interesting. um you know but these are all longer term things that obviously things have to be put in place for yep. that to happen yep. um obviously the segregation between the away stand and that mm. area as well that's got to be considered as well so you know it's 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 not a it's not a two minute fix really um but personally I'm I'm just chuffed a bits that that Jamie's and, and the uh in the community team are taking it on because um you know the work they are now doing is is absolutely fantastic
0: yes i i i and one thing i'll say as we move on from this is that look at what the fans have started like and how that developed over the course of the last year and a half, you know, the ways it's slightly improved here, there and everywhere, we, you know, didn't have toilets and stuff. didn't have anywhere to sit, didn't have an undercover bit. You know, so Jamie and the community have proved that they can take things and, and progressively, you know, improve them over time, which is good and I expect the same thing will happen with the power league bar. So, um, that's just, the other thing on the on the agenda here, which is what I, I something I missed, Ollie, I don't know if you or Mike were talking about it, but you've put SP in talks with the club about how to resolve the issues of power in the concourses. I just read that as exclamation mark chips.
2: Chips, uh, <laughs> chip gate. Um, <laughs> Yeah again it's something that you know we've we've sort of been discussing with the football club behind the scenes since we we had the issues and I think chips were taken off the menu mm. um so we are we are talking to the club about ways that we can we can get that sorted again i think the the issue with increasing the power mid season and having workers in there and all the rest of it is is something that is slightly more problematic than just sort of send an electrician in to sort out so um we're, we're sort of um we're, we're we're talking quite regularly at the moment with lawrence um the the safety officer to see what we can do to try and improve that and you know whether there's anything we can do so hopefully in the next week or so we should have some news That's on good. that hopefully um, so
0: they can go and look at that floodlight that was broke the other day as well on Saturday as well so <laughs> yeah, that kept going yeah. on and off didn't it so yeah, yeah that would be good to get fixed as well it's an interesting one thing I just thought we were talking about as well is we talked about the issues with Wolves fans and the home end and how the tickets were arranged for Wolves and it seems to be a perennial thing like whenever we have a big cup game you never ever manage to satisfy everybody do we always somebody feels like they've been missed out or left out or and it feels like <coughs> to me I'm a bit I'm a bit split on this one because I feel like we got the ticket in right from United it seemed like everybody who was a town fan who wanted to get a ticket pretty much got one but I also really, really like Brian's approach of offering families. The scene ticket holders, the opportunity to buy an extra ticket and two children's tickets, I, I really like that. But I also see that maybe that has caused us to not be able to offer tickets to some of our loyalty point holders in this. Standard. So I think there's, there's maybe somewhere halfway house or something in there. But I, I like the fact Brian was trying to do something proactive for the future of the club. But it has caused some issues, hasn't it? And I know the SP have had a lot of yeah,
2: about. it has. I mean, we you know we've talked a lot about it in the last couple of weeks. I think the one thing we've identified quite a while ago is Shrewsbury Town got quite an ageing fan base, and we sort of missed a, a generation of fans really because of I don't know whether it was lack of engagement or uh, you know and it, the club are doing everything they can now to bring younger fans into the into the ground. And, yep. and to be honest, I totally understand the one plus the two kids that Brian has or the football club have decided to put out mm. because I think if it's any other game other than Wolves it's not an issue it's not an issue no. I mean even the Man United and Chelsea games I think went to general sale I they might did. be wrong they but did. I think they went they to did. general sale
1: the Wolves game did go to general sale didn't it there just wasn't many left no
2: no, no we sold we out on oh, the first day of the, the one to ten loyalty oh, points okay. within about an hour yeah yeah Um so I think if it's any other game apart from the Wolves game, I don't think you have this issue. Um,
1: but let's be honest though, season ticket holders are the guys that go every single week. Um, yep. And you know, being maybe a bit harsh, you know, if you don't go that often, then you don't deserve to get priority. And yeah, season ticket holders are the kind of lifeblood of the club. It's very um, true.
0: And as a season ticket holder, I benefited from it. I took my kids, and, and that's different. But I think that, that, the, that's the, the, the issue was, was that if you that well, if yeah. you had. If you had 10 loyalty points, you've been to a couple of games this season, do you know what I mean? And that's, you know, reasonably loyal. But I could have given my ticket, and lots of people did give their tickets to any old Tom, yeah, Dick and Harry. Yeah. So, you know, people... That are I'd just say the team vast team majority of
1: fans took someone who goes to quite a few games.
0: Probably, probably. But, yeah, but this is the first I, time I've seen a, 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 a sort of groundswell of feedback to Mike and the SP. But that's just
1: because... Is, is that fans. just the vocal minority, though, of of I don't one so. fans?
2: I, I, I don't know, to be honest. I, I think... Maybe, maybe you know. Maybe, obviously, you know. If you've been to a few games and you, you haven't got a ticket, you're going to be pretty peed off, you know. Yeah. Especially if you've then got a guy who's going who's never watched the town. So, it, it, but the problem is, how you, there's no real no, w- other definitely. way of doing that.
1: Every um, single time there's been a situation like this with the club, have been criticised.
2: Yeah, I think I think the one thing that the football club and the feedback and w- the discussion we've had with Brian is we need to make a decision on you know if this is the fairest way to do ticketing then we need to say right this is how we do it and from now on this is it Mm. Um, so everybody knows when you buy your season ticket or you buy your loyalty card or whatever it is everybody knows that if you draw wolves in the cup or man united here you know and you've only been to one game or the likelihood is you may not get a ticket Um, I think that the issue comes about is that in the past we've just done it we've done it so many different ways You know, some games it's been you can just buy the one ticket. Other games it's been you can buy one plus one. Then you could buy one plus two kids. So I I think you know. I think the overall feedback has been you know, and certainly discussions with Brian is that what we need to do is we need to sit down and say right, this is what we're going to do, and you know, make that decision, and then just that is that is what's going to happen across the board.
0: And most importantly, as part of that is whatever decision is made, and you stick to it you get it so the bloody Ticketmaster allows you to buy those tickets online and you don't have to spend three hours queuing up to get tickets because, you know, I got caught in that and I mentioned it on the podcast last week. But in, in, in 2019, I would have bought my family's tickets online. It would have been simple. But unfortunately, our system just was not good enough to do that. And again, that was another element of the sort of negative feedback the club had about it is that it forced people to do to go to the club. And we don't all live in town. I do. I live in Bellevue. I'm lucky. But a lot of people like Ollie, who if he'd wanted to buy his additional tickets, would have had to have got someone else to get them, or you know, would have been more difficult to arrange it. So you know, I, I'm one the good thing about the club and Brian and the SP is that there is that line of communication, which we, you know, have had now for quite a long period of time, and I think it's it's paying dividends. You know, the fact that my kids went on Saturday for free is an SP thing. It came through that discussion, and my kids loved it. The only negative to come out of all of this, Ollie and and Mike, is that. I um, might just met my children before when he came around for the podcast. Is that off the back of yesterday, Ollie? And you're going to die at this. My daughter's favourite player now is Luke Waterfall, so <laughs> I've I've no good course of action but to be in, immensely positive about him from now on, Ollie. So there you go. That is a result of all the ticket issues. Is that my daughter's favourite player is Luke Waterfall now? So yeah, interesting discussion. We'll leave that one there. But yeah. um, just to quickly talk about, it, we signed uh, Sir Vince a lot, Sir Mix a lot, Vince a lot. Where his name is this week? Uh, I don't know. He's French guy from uh, is it from Crawley? Um, he was he was there wasn't he? So. Um, Cover for Grant. That's all I could really see on on that one. Really, I don't know about you, Ollie.
1: Yeah, I think he'll play a few games. He can means we can play maybe two defensive midfielders and mix yep. things up. Um, I think it, you know. I think it's all linked back to what. Um, the manager was saying in terms of he wants to sign players that have got a like a, maybe you could say a stronger mentality is that the best way of putting it mm. um, you know he's a bit concerned about how uh, maybe we're a bit mentally fragile so you know or maybe he's trying to improve standards and training i don't know but there's definitely some kind of like all you know it's not just about his ability it's about his ability on the, the training ground as well so you yeah know, obviously it's a bit odd that players are coming out and Town fans are getting a bit frustrated because 'cause we're not seeing that strike or midfielders come in, but I think, you know, we need to judge the window when it's closed.
0: It's def- if it's gonna be a window that I'm end up being alright with, it's gonna need a, a bit more work between now and the end of the window, Ollie still personally. And that's why I was we've talked about this before, Oli, we've had our sounds, It's was worth just asking Mike really. I mean, what do you think we still need? What would you what what positions or what players do you think we need before you'll be happy going into this, this running really?
2: I think it depends what he what he's planning on doing formation wise. I think if you're playing three centre backs, you know, you, you're going to end up getting an injury or suspension there. So, is there another centre back to come in? Have we, you know, have we mm. Kennedy's gone? So Bolton I, has I, to move across, you know, Bolton has Sears. to move over. Um, Sears is Sears, you know, uh, is he ready to play, you know, four, five, six games on the bounce? I, I don't know. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, potentially, I, I think if he's looking at playing three. Um, I think he's he's gonna be looking at that, but that's only changed since you know, since we've we've started playing through at the back really. Yeah. Um obviously we need a striker. Um it's, <laughs> it's, you know, we, we need one maybe even two strikers. Mm. Um we're we're just we're crying out for some quality up top, aren't we? Yeah. Um other than that I think we're you know, Haynes, I, I would have said, you know, we, we needed that sort of left back, but I think Haynes I think he's been, come on been doing really well. Yeah. Um so I think that sort of takes that out. You've obviously got Beckles that can slot in there if he needs to, um, but I don't think it's as 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 big a priority. Um, I think we've got we've got left back training with us at the moment. The guy from Wolves, yeah, Goldbourne. Well, um, yeah. I think he played on, um, played for the reserves on Tuesday. So yeah. you know, whether there's something there, maybe I don't know. But yeah, I think I think striker and and if we are looking at playing three at the back, I think you know centre back.
0: Yeah, interesting, on I mean, you haven't changed your views, really, of what we need still, have you, I guess?
1: No, I think we just need a winker, a striker now. Uh, maybe yeah, a I remember, think I agree. Yeah, it's just all about quality rather than just getting players in. So hopefully we can sign players for some quality and that's what we needed, quality rather than rather than numbers. <laughs>
0: But yeah, players to improve the first team because really, other than Edwards, I don't, I don't think we brought anyone in just yet. That's someone who, who's a first team player, really.
2: I, I quite, I quite like the sound of um, Vince Lott. I've got a, a friend who's a massive Crawley fan, and he has been going mental every week that he's not been playing um, because. He said they lack a leader, and the one thing apparently he is 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 a leader. Mm. He's he's a he's a good footballer. He's a leader. He hates losing. He, he you know he's a, he's a re- he is a real presence on the pitch apparently. So um, so it will be interesting to see where he he sort of fits in. I know he can he can slot in a right back as well, can't he? Apparently, mm. but um, yeah, it'd be be interesting to see you know how many games he does play.
0: And Ricky Scully trusts him enough to have brought him on in the Wolves game. You know, in a trickier situation there, he wasn't scared to bring him on. So you know, obviously he, he might be involved more than I initially thought, Ollie. So. Yeah,
2: no, we, we said we
0: were
1: going to have a bet, didn't we? That if he played more than five games, I'd get some extra points um, <laughs> yeah. um, in the uh, in the prediction league. So let's we'll, work that one out um, offline. We'll set it up. But, yeah. Exactly. So I think just closing off on predictions. Um, we both went for a Wolves victory, which wasn't <laughs> that surprising, but yeah, we got a draw. Um, so now we need to predict um, Luton um, at home next Saturday. So you guys, what are you going for?
0: This week's tough. Away at Bradford, home to Luton. We're, we could easily get ourselves into a whole heap of trouble this week, we? to be honest with you. As happy as I was about you know the way we played in, in parts against Wolves, I, I think we'll probably lose 2-0 at home to Luton. They're flying, mate. Absolutely flying. And I'm saying that on the principle that I think we'll go to Bradford and get a point. I don't think we'll win. So I'm not I'm I'm a i am th- not i am i am I'd take three points from this week. I think that'd be alright to be honest with you, but I, I suspect we'll only get one, so I'm gonna go two 0 Luton. Um
2: yeah, I c I I can't see us getting anything against oh, him. No. Um especially James Collins has been banging him in recently as well Just as him, so. Um so he's he's bound to come back and score a couple. Um yeah can't see us getting anything Luton it's it's difficult isn't it I think it depends what team turns up you know, resigned. if, if, if Saturday, you know if Saturday's team turns up at Bradford and against Luton you know potentially we come out with six points but mm. we're just so inconsistent so I think I think we'll win at Bradford and I think we I'm actually going to go for a one all draw against okay, Luton there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah I think yeah. we'll lose lose to Luton most definitely um, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I'm torn between 3-1 and 2-0 but I think I think it's going to be 2-0 2-0 as Oof. well. So yeah, 2-0 defeat at home to Luton and yeah, well, that's obviously not great, <laughs> it's a in fact Luton are now top of the league by 2 points. Mm. Um so and they're doing really well. And obviously they've they've carried on doing well after their change of manager. So yeah, you know, it's it's I don't think you know, I don't think our our season is not going to be defined by playing um, you know one of the top teams at home. Um, and obviously Bradford away and Bradford are still in the relegation zone they're 23rd in the league so you know, if we can get three us, points there that would be a really really big lift um, so yeah it's going to be our fixtures obviously what Bristol Rovers on the 9th of Feb and we'll have Wolves again huge, so, that. yeah that would be yeah. a huge huge tie so yeah uh, not the greatest end away and way to end the podcast but no, we've just got really. to be honest
0: no, I think that's fair. We, you know, we're not surprising anyone by saying that our league form is rubbish and, you know, take the cup away from it. We've got we've got to try and improve, and, and we're playing two teams that's going to be tricky against. Us. No one's no one's pretending it isn't the case. So. Um, there we go. Let's let's leave the podcast yep. there and hopefully we're completely wrong again, Ollie, as we have been most of this season. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, thanks to Mike for joining us and it's been really good to catch up. Back to well, just to get your views on what was a, a crazy game yesterday, and Also, what what the sports part went up to? Really exciting stuff again. Keeps you probably keeps you very busy as we said. Um, and yeah, cheers for cheers for joining us as usual, Ollie. It's always good to have a chat with you on some yep. night.
1: So cheer, cheers, guys. <laughs> thanks for listening. If you ended to the, got to the end, so um, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> cheers, guys. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs>